fly list. Um, well, as, as far as the no fly list, no fly list, no fly list. Welcome to another week of the No Fly List, where we talk to comedians, artists, and other interesting and cool people of color. I'm Athir. I'm a mama, and this week we had model and biomedical engineer Amna Rana. A combo you hear every day, of course. <laughs> like just modeling on the side for like what, like Vogue or something, and then you know your day job is having. It's an just in- a yeah, biomedical engineer. Just your average little. Uh, uh, what an easy job. job. Just to- <laughs> she definitely defies a lot of stereotypes. Of uh, she's a Pakistani woman. Woo, another brown lady. And uh, I love how you ladies met. Please, Amama. <laughs> oh, okay. So we had met at my favorite place in the world, which I feel like should one day when they make it really big um, or when I make it big, I'll spot, I'll like shout them out always. But two saints, we were there and um, the guys that I was with, they were all like, who is that? Like, oh my God, go be a good wing woman. And then I talked to her and I was like, she's so cool. And she's Pakistani. And I never meet people who are Pakistani. So I was the worst wing woman, but I made a friend. But you made a friend. (laughs) Yeah, that's all that matters. And we made a friend now. And The cool thing is, so after we recorded this episode, like a few days later, we're all able to meet up at a bar in Brooklyn outside and uh, have drinks and just talk about drinks. And y'all talked me into I had my second dose that day. And I mean, it didn't take much to talk me into you're like, get the extra extra whiskey in your your second cocktail. And I was like, I don't know, guys. But then I was like, I'm starting to feel my arms sore. So this is basically like NyQuil. Yeah. And then I had to go to this show and it was super fun. Um, But I loved meeting up in person and I felt like we already knew each other. And it was just cool having her on and like listening to how she got into modeling after biomedical engineering. Yeah. And she has like, and she'll like, you'll hear this on the podcast. She talks about her parents' reaction when they find out that she was a model and also just like navigating like just all the different worlds that you're in as a brown woman because it's so much harder for you in any field, whether it is biomedical engineer, whether it is like modeling or acting. Comedy. Comedy, exactly. <laughs> um, and then Amna also just gives like really great advice about like how to really keep a relationship alive if you really like someone um, it was probably some of the best advice that I've heard, even like friendships, if you're really busy. Yeah. So I think like, what an exciting episode. And you had gone home right after we had met up for drinks. Yeah, I went back to the South. Woo. I, I got to do a show there, which was <laughs> Oh, fun. that's so fun. Yeah. And you know, Birmingham is a blue city. And sometimes I forget that because I walked into this uh, bar and I was like, oh my God, everyone here probably like voted for Trump. But then there were like, you know, there was like the the bank BBVA compass shout out to them because I told them I had $11.34 left in my checking account. And I keep getting a statement every month, but I'm too lazy to actually go through the process of withdrawing it. So I was like, can one of you, it was just a ladies night out from Compass Bank. And I was so can one of you just buy me a drink and we call it even? 
And then they did and brought it to me on stage. And That's so A bunch funny. of the university students bought me like lemon, like lemon drop shots. And oh like, my I was like, all right. And they were like, and then I met like all these like diverse people. And then I met someone who looked like uh, what I would uh, say, stereotypical proud boy, maybe. Oh, God. <laughs> and I was like, he's going to murder me. But then we were friends. And he was cool. And because like the comic before me, the host was like roasting him. Um, but I w- there's like a good scene out in Birmingham. Shout out to Chris Ivy, And it was really cool just like being back in my home state, but also like I'm like 15 minutes away from my parents. I'm also in the place that kind of bullied like in a way it was, was a trauma that made me do comedy. <laughs> I'm yeah. like, how do I? It was, I'm like, are these people even going to laugh at the things that I'm talking about? But it was actually like such a cool experience. And I'd only done one show before, like way before the pandemic. Um, so it was really cool just kind of being home and that like, and in doing comedy, which I've never done before, but, uh, how, and you had just come back today right now. Yeah. I also visiting your family. I did. Yeah. Also everyone in my family is fully vaccinated. Um, I, I went, it was really nice. I just, I finally like really got to hang out with my dad, my mom. I grew up in Long Island and Long Island can be really racist, but I grew up in like the more diverse um, part of racist. Long Island. Yeah. <laughs> the less racist, but equally still racist. Um, but it was really nice. I like went to this like Pakistani grocery store and I had my mask on, but then I was like, oh, my mom called uh, to pick up like naan and stuff. And the guy was like, oh, it's you. Like they, like everyone knows oh, each other. I love that. Like that small town. Kind it of was, like yeah, it was really sweet. And he was like, I can't, he's everyone. like, I can never tell with the mask on. And then we talked for a while. He tried to convince me to, to live at home with my parents until I was married, you know, typical brown uncle stuff. <laughs> I was like, no, sir. I was like, no, I was like, this is a great catch up until you said this. <laughs> oh, um, it's, but it was really nice. It's nice to see your family. And then it's also really nice to come back. <laughs> to come back home. I know I came home last night. I'm like, I'm excited to also see you. Yeah, me too. Meet up and talk about everything maybe see Amna again um she's yeah. a really she's really cool on the podcast and in person but before and we get to before, her yes before we get to Amna we got to get to our first segment the no fly list no fly list where we talk about people who we think should actually be on the no fly list instead of innocent brown people or our shit list if you will so Amama who do we have this week um, this week we have Kylie Jenner. I don't know why she hasn't been on every week. <laughs> yeah, has she, yeah. Is she not just a recurring no fly Maybe list? We'll just, we'll just always have her in the back of our heads. Um, <laughs> I think her makeup artist or someone that works for her had gotten into an accident and their medical bills were like 60,000. And this woman is a multi-millionaire and instead of being like I will pay she set up a GoFundMe for him and only donated 5000 meanwhile she got her kid like a $15,000 handbag so it's like I'm oh, sorry priorities hello yeah, yeah it's, I think when Lady Gaga's dog up. walker got like fucked up I think she like paid for everything and took care of him because she's she's I a better would, person yeah if, if I had that kind of money and like sixty thousand dollars is nothing to you exactly to them when they you like, make that much money yeah it's, it's like not even your residual like you're you're probably getting that every second exactly I honestly I would have taken care of the whole thing if it was like someone who is my employee yeah. that I'm like close to absolutely but to start also like a public like 
GoFundMe type of thing. It's like, can't you just ask your network also, like each of your sisters to chip in like five, 10,000, whatever. And it would be like, that would be done. Yeah. I, yeah. It's, it's so absurd. I hope people I don't understand rich into- people and money. I don't, no. I don't get it. I think if you're rich and you're cheap like that, um, you'll never really feel content. At the very least, you don't deserve to fly, although we know you have your private jets <laughs> and that's another story. And and do you know how much carbon footprint exactly. you're emitting and all of that? So all around, you should not be flying. No. Not commercially, <laughs> not privately. Nothing. You should have the least amount of fun. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But... Um, yeah, well, one way to have fun is to listen to our new friend, Amna. Well, I'm excited hey. to meet you. Amna, welcome. Hi, welcome, Amna. Yeah, I was... Nice to meet you, too. Um, Amna and I literally met at Two Saints, which is the bar near my house that I talk about all the time. And all of the guys so I know were hitting on you. And then I think we just like had a really nice conversation. And then I got to like see your Instagram. You do really dope stuff. You do biomedical engineer stuff. You're a model. Whoa. Um, so I feel like, yeah. Thank you. Yeah. I'm, that was a really fun night. That was, yeah, we had a great conversation. I'm glad we met and it's nice to connect again. That's really cool. So how did, yeah. Oh, sorry. I have so many questions. I'm like biomedical engineering model. Where are you from? Like, tell me, tell me everything. Cause yeah, my mom was just like, I am inviting this really dope girl that I met at two saints. who's also a model and all this. I'm like, yes, I can see why all the guys are like hitting on you. Um, am I hitting on you right now? I don't know. Maybe <laughs> <laughs> you have that effect already. Yeah. But <laughs> Yeah. How are you from New York or like, where did you grow up? Yeah. So I grew up half my life in Canada and then the other half in the San Francisco Bay area. So bi-coastal baby, I guess. Oh, nice. Oh, whoa. So when did you come to New York? About two years ago, actually. Was it just for like modeling or? Yeah. So I, you know, I was doing the whole engineering thing. I was kind of modeling when I was in college in San Francisco, but then I decided, you know, New York's probably better and more fun and there's a lot more to do here. So it's kind of getting over the tech scene there as much as I love it, but you know. I feel like you must have been like the only one of the only women in such a big tech scene in San Francisco, or like even with engineering. Like, how's that like I just imagine that, especially so I did um in a theater, like we went to grad school, but I did like um public policy, but data science, and it was a lot of men. And then like, oh, my program, I did nutrition. It was all women. Okay. Yeah. So I feel like with biomedical engineering, I'm imagining it's mostly all dudes. Yeah. So weirdly, okay. So weirdly, all of, out of all the engineering classes, biomedical engineering had the most women, but it still wasn't that much. I think it was still a little bit under 50%, but you know, if you went to like a mechanical engineering class, I remember the lectures would be hundred people, 200 people, and like five women. I remember counting one day. (laughs) All five of you. Wow. Hello. I heard that about biomedical engineering too. One of my friends, um, when I was studying nutrition, we were like in undergrad together and we ended up taking a class and she was studying to be a biomedical engineer. And yeah, I remember her mentioning that, that of the engineering, uh, you know, uh, concentrations, that's the one where it has a little bit more women. But I can see why, like, I guess, like, mechanical engineering or electrical engineering tends to attract, I feel like, more men. Yeah. 
Um, I definitely, I also just feel like you did the most like desi, like, are you, you're Pakistani? Yeah. Yeah. So like, are your parents first, like, were you first generation in Canada or were your parents, did they immigrate to Canada? Yeah. My parents immigrated to Canada. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if Canadian Muslims are the same as, as like Canadian Pakistanis are the same as like the New York ones, which in New York, like the community is just so one uppy and everyone's kid was like a doctor or a nurse or a lawyer. And like, I became a teacher and they were like, oh my God. Like, did you feel like you had pressure from your family or yeah. you liked? I think that's just like a thing all across North America because the Definitely. same thing in Canada and then in California when, where I was living, everyone pretty much was a doctor, lawyer, or an engineer. And then for me, I was supposed to be a doctor. So I was straight off the right path. And now here- Did you I, want to be or did you think you wanted to be? I thought I did, but then the more and more I- like, and I liked studying a lot of this stuff, but I like making things and I'm more practical with applications and such. And I also just didn't want to be tied to school for another eight years, you know? Yeah. That's like the, people forget that, like, that is your whole life. Like from 18 onwards, you've like, you've dedicated yourself to this one profession. And it's a great profession if you love it, but I didn't want to do it. I feel like I wouldn't be doing it justice if I was forcing myself to do it. So are you are you passionate about modeling? Like more passionate about that or pursuing that, or do you you know is that just another one of the things that you you know kind of check off? Like, all right, <laughs> did that got on Vogue? You know, that's what everyone does. Check, got it. <laughs> yeah, I like both honestly, and I don't. Maybe this is something that I'm meant to do for some reason. Whenever I have any sort of modeling success, it comes with like an engineering success. So I'm guessing my life path is supposed to be mixing both. But for now, I really enjoy modeling. It's like freeing in a way that a lot of other professions may not be. You know, you just, there's so much creative freedom and you're just creating these beautiful pieces of art with people. And it's just kind of like a giant party all day without actually partying. You know what I mean? So, yeah, (laughs) that's so cool. And how did your parents feel if they were like, you were on this one path and went on like a totally different path? Like, were they supportive or... How did that go down? Do they know? <laughs> Are they going to listen to this? First and be of like, all, yeah. <laughs> so the first two years, they actually had no idea. And then one day I was like cutting up digitals because I was living at home and commuting for the first year and a half of college. And my mom's like, what the hell is this? I'm like, nothing. She's like, that looks like a book for modeling. I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh. <laughs> so, um, Yeah. You know, initially it was really small and then I kept everything private, but then I figured I should just, if I'm going to go in, I should just keep everything public and then be open about it. So eventually I I was doing this Maxim cover girl competition and I got pretty far in the competition. And this is when I had to open my profile for Facebook and Instagram to public. And then that's when my dad found out, my family found out they were (laughs) very agree with me. So then I was like, you know, if I made it this far, maybe I have a chance in New York. So yeah, I didn't tell them I was moving. So, (laughs) so yeah, they were not very supportive at all of either of those things. So that's why I didn't tell them I was moving. I just kind of got a new job and was like, my siblings were like, why are all your Instagram stories in New York or. Wait, where are they living? Canada or in San Francisco? San Francisco area. Wait, so how long, when did you finally tell your parents? I like totally, I like get what you did because even with like minor things, 
Like when I went to grad school, when I got into grad school, I was like, oh yeah, by the way, I quit teaching and I'm going to school. And my mom was like, wait, what? Yeah. And she like, I think it's just easier when you make up your mind. If you have parents who are really supportive and loving, but at the same time might not understand the path that you're taking. So like, I've done that where like when I was in grad school, I like called my mom and I was like, all right, cool. I got in. And she was like, when do you start classes? And I was like, oh, I'm here. <laughs> like, so like, did you, when do they find out? I think they found out like three or four months in after my siblings asked. Otherwise, I was just planning to not tell them. <laughs> <laughs> what was their reaction? Were they at that point just expecting it from you? Or was it, yeah. did they just become yeah, angrier? Yeah, I think I'm, after I was in San Francisco for a, a while, they were like pretty angry with me. But then they realized, you know, she's just going to kind of not listen to us anyways. So then they were like, well, you should have told us we would have been so supportive and helped you move in. And I was like, yeah, maybe. I don't know. I feel like Desi parents are amazing, but they, they themselves have to deal with so much pressure with their communities. The community, and, yes. And the social pressure. Yeah. Absolutely. And they buy into it because they were yeah. already too far into it, whereas we have the choice now to make our own community and not necessarily have to buy into the same things and that our parents did and feel that same social pressure. And we have a wider social group and a more diverse social group. So there aren't those same expectations. Like if I had kids and they did whatever, I don't like my friends wouldn't give a shit or my community wouldn't give a shit, but it's very different in our parents' generation. Oh yeah. It's also like they tell you stories of like other kids and they're like, don't become, it's either become like that kid or don't become like, you imagine like don't like, become like a mama's kid. <laughs> Honestly, I, I am, I am an example though. Like it's not like you were the kid recently, that they were like, don't be I, like a mama. Yeah. One of no. my friends, she was like, oh yeah. Like my mom was on the phone with someone and they were talking about how you're like <laughs> 31 and unmarried. And I was like, oh my God. I was like, it gets God worse. Forbid. I do really bad comedy like do not like google anything but I am I am one of those kids now that people are like don't become like her and I don't even think they've heard you're the, the cautionary tale that's yeah. funny because you're doing pretty damn well so I don't know what they're talking about most people are unhappy who just follow their parents um like whatever they want them to do their and follow in their parents footsteps at some point you're gonna regret it absolutely yeah yeah. And by then a lot of people are like married with kids and it's so hard to just switch gears out of that, you know? Yeah. I feel like, do you, would you, have you felt like almost, cause there's times where I'm like, I shouldn't say certain things like in comedy. Cause I'm afraid that if my parents hear, they're going to be like, oh my God. But now it's like what you said, like at some point you have to be like, I'm all in. So have you felt like you've ever turned down something or, um, wanted to turn down something because of like parental approval or issues around that? Yeah, I think in the very beginning when I was modeling, for sure, um, I was so scared. I was like, oh my God, nobody can see. Because I grew up pretty sort of strict. Like I wasn't allowed to wear t-shirts that were above my elbows. I couldn't show my ankles. My butt had to be covered all the time. So then going from that to like, okay, you have to change back with this model. You're like, what? Oh, like, so then I think in the beginning, I was just like so scared. And then I was so paranoid that my parents would find out that I'd be like 
you know, if there's a shoot in the middle of the street or something, I'm like, what if they, their friend sees me on the street or something, you know? So I think I definitely was very scared at the beginning of that and felt that pressure. But then as soon as I started, you know, living on my own, making my own money and completely like, I, you know, I don't, they're not, I'm on, the, on their healthcare anymore or phone plan or anything like that. So once all of that change happened, I was like, well, at this point, like, that's a, that's a big difference because you realize that the only that they don't really have any more leverage over you. I mean, they have emotional leverage, but it's only as much power as you let them have. Mm-hmm. And then you yeah. realize like, okay, if they don't, at least for me, it's, it, I told, oh my God, I'm like resonating so hard with everything you're saying with, but with like comedy and then moving here and like they're, what I was doing in New York and not wanting to move back. Cause they thought I was just going to come for like a year or for like <laughs> two years for grad school. And then every year they'd be, and then I just applied to another internship and then a job. And I, I'm like, I would just like, yeah, no, I'm here. So that's like I, 13 years of you being yeah. here too. So yeah. It's been 13 years. And I still think they have some sort of hope of like I know. moving back to Alabama of all places. But <laughs> Uh, at least like the Bay Area is a nice place to move back to if you had to. It's not a terrible place to be. Yeah. It's not Alabama. But I have to say, I, I was going to say like New York, there's like a, a certain level of like creativity and even like, I don't know, like I've met like some of the coolest people, even like randomly and often like with this podcast, like we have had people that we've like barely talked to, but then we're like, hey, you do cool things. Like come showcase like your cool shit. But it's just, like, a community that's, like, really building, especially, like, a brown community that's trying to, like, build each other up. Um, And I feel like New York City, even though it has, like, that reputation of being cold, I don't know. I feel like it's been, like, the best place to, like, make all these connections. Yeah, and I think the other interesting thing that you mentioned, so ironic, so where I grew up in the San Francisco area, there's so many Desi people. It's, like, majority, like, Indian, Asian, South Asian, you know. um, There are a lot of Arabs there I know, too. A lot of, I know a lot of Palestinians that live out there. Yeah, definitely. But weirdly, sometimes I felt more isolated there, like exactly like you said, than here, because here everyone kind of has their dreams or trying to pursue it. So that was a really interesting shift to see moving from there to here. Whereas like a lot of the friends I grew up with, like stopped talking to me once they found out I was like modeling and they're like, oh my gosh, she's showing her skin. She's going to hell, you know? And then when I moved here, they're like, yeah, go, like, let me hire you. Do your thing. Yeah. 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 It's It's so different. Yeah. Here you can be whatever you want. Exactly. Also, I can't believe people, (laughs) I'm not surprised because that's what happened with like, I grew up on Long Island and um, that whole community, like once I didn't get married with everyone else at like 23, they were like, oh my God, I think one person heard my comedy and like followed me on Twitter. And it was a guy that my mom was trying to set me up with. And he texted me a tweet about sex. And he was like, oh, I didn't know you were into this kind of stuff. And I freaked out. Oh, I was like, no. he's going to tell my mom. I like cried to my cousin. And I was like, everyone's going to be like, she's so shameful. And then my cousin was like, relax. Like, we will find dirt on him. Like, just do you. It's not a big deal. But you're right. Like people, a lot of Desis who grew up in that like sense of like moral, like in Arabs, like the moral superiority, like they will shun you. And you're like, well, because they're afraid if they don't shun you, their friends will shun them for not shunning you. Yes. Or it's a friends. vicious cycle. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. Did you feel like during the pandemic, because my parents were like, all right, now you don't have to do comedy anymore. Now you just have your job. And I was like, no, I want to. They were so hoping, right? Like mine too. It's like, oh, great. You can just focus on your nutrition practice. I'm like, uh, 
No, my dad was like, oh, no, you know, you don't need a MCAT to go to the Caribbean anymore <laughs> for med school. I was like, dad, I'm like, I'm a manager at a biotech company. Why would I go to medical school now and like get all this? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the same boat as you guys, but I know he meant it out of love and I love him. Yeah. That's my mom literally was just like, Oh yeah. Like now you can be like the program director. And I was like, absolutely not. Like, uh, yeah. It's it. like, I'm merely uh, barely making it by right now. And I think, yeah, because they don't want us to have these unstable in their mind and they are unstable or unconventional career choices. And they came here to give us security. And then in a way we're like, fuck that, we're gonna go for it. But because they give us security, we can take the risks that they couldn't yeah. take. But I think it's harder for them to to see that. Like why, like my, I think when my parents or my mom found out in the beginning, like I was doing comedy, I think she was just afraid that I was gonna quit my job immediately and like be homeless. And it's like, I'm, I'm gonna figure it out. I'm not going to just be like, all right, first open mic, like that's it. I'm, I'm going to make it <laughs> paying my rent with this. It's like, I don't have that luxury. Yeah. We are, you're not like, we talked about this yesterday with another guest, like rich kids, rich white kids who do this stuff can afford to like have their parents pay rent and just kind of coast and do whatever. But it's like, we don't. Yeah, like no one's yeah. gonna be paying my rent. Like that, I'm like, mom. Yeah, why would I quit my job? I, like, that's insane. Then I'd have to move home. She probably should be in support of this because <laughs> <laughs> that's what she wants. That's um, or um, I was gonna say, oh fuck, what was I gonna say? Yeah, either be supportive of that or um, just maybe like get a sugar daddy. That's what I wanted. To say. That's what I was gonna say too. <laughs> There's always strings attached, though. I want to make my I, yeah. We were talking about this. Like, I'm like, I can make my own money. Why I can't find those like real emotional connection? <laughs> That's harder to find. That's true. I feel like with a sugar daddy, you don't need it. <laughs> Sponsor us if you're a sugar. No, just kidding. Don't. <laughs> I once I said that someone someone DM me, and I was like, no, no, I was kidding. This is I don't want this. <laughs> you really have to make that disclaimer clear. <laughs> Have you gotten um, approach in the modeling world for anything like that? Oh, hell yeah. All the time. It's like, excuse me. I think one time I was, I forgot which restaurant I was at. This guy's like, nice bag. I could buy you a new one. Here's my card. I'm like, what just happened right now? <laughs> wow. Uh, did not follow up with him in case you guys were wondering. That was so random. We wouldn't judge. Send us we his number. Judge if you did. <laughs> <laughs> Pass it along. <laughs> Like yeah, I'm not, anytime you get one of these guys, just like pass it along. We will tell them like, to contribute the to our Patreon. Was- <laughs> <laughs> um, well, speaking of sugar daddies and kind of dating, we have a segment called Fifty Shades of Brown, where you get to answer um, one of our listeners' dating questions. Oh, cool! You get to be the love consultant. Oh my god! Um, yeah. So this week's question is. Um, what do you do if you are dating someone with an equally hectic work schedule and you guys don't really make time for each other? I'm wearing a shirt, so I'm going to stand up so you can see it. Dump him! <laughs> uh, just kidding. You don't need to dump him. But, you know, maybe a conversation about that yeah. is helpful. Um a lot of times in those situations, you know, it's just a conversation about it and then blocking out your time I've noticed is helpful because if it's a two-way thing, then, you know, then it's on both of you guys to make sure that you're setting up enough quality time to be around each other. 
And then, but then if it's like a one-way thing, if it's you or if it's him, then yeah, I don't know. You'd have to have a conversation or let that boy go. (laughs) (laughs) That's tough when, yeah, you have like careers like ours or you're busy and you're juggling like a day job and like your other passion. And if you're with, I always think about this, if I'm with someone like that, how the hell are we going to like, I don't know, it's going to be kind of tough to, to have the time. I don't Go know. What, you were going to say something, Mama. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut in. I was going to let Amna say what she was going to. Um, oh, I was going <laughs> to say, you know, one of the things that I found helpful, because I kind of was doing that when I first moved here, is if you guys are both working a lot, work from home together. And then you're cooking for each other. You can take breaks and talk to each other. Go to a cafe together. You oh, know. I like that. Oh, that's really nice. Yeah, wow. That's, that's really good advice. <laughs> See? Um, I would not have thought of that. That I've been like, I don't know what's going to happen. We have to split up. Yeah, that's um, what I was thinking. Like one of us. Well, you started out with dump him and that was a very strong stance. <laughs> so I did not expect this like very like good middle ground. So <laughs> I do think that's important. I feel like also if one person isn't making time for you, your feelings probably are a little mismatched yeah. because like what you're saying, like, oh yeah, like work from home. But if someone doesn't want to compromise at that level too, and I, like, I do a lot of shit and I like need to focus, but at the same time, if someone is like, can I work at your apartment? I'm like, yeah, of course. And that's like friends, family. But, um, I definitely feel like if, if they're not going to come to that compromise, then you kind of have to split because you guys, your feelings just aren't the same. Yeah. Yeah. And you have to see like, well, if you guys, share the same values yeah. um and that's something yeah I've, my my therapist wanted me to work on this week which I did not do and we have a session <laughs> after this but I, was <laughs> I didn't do my homework of like writing down what like my top 10 values are and I just Ooh. started and I was just saying these like things and she was like no 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 like really take time to think about it and I'm like I know it's honesty and I just <laughs> and loyalty. And I just started naming. She was like, no, but like, think about it. And so things that you work hard to cultivate in yourself, it's not just things, it's not just things you want in someone else, but what have you worked mm. hard on and cultivated and, and how, how do you find that in someone else? Do they share those same values? Because sometimes these situations that come up, these like conflicts, they're a blessing in a way because they give you an opportunity to reassess the relationship and find out if it's something that you want to continue to invest emotional energy in and time and all of that. So it's a good like speed bump sometimes when these things happen to just like step back and be like, all right, well, do we want the same things? Are Do we both want to put in the same amount of work into making this happen? Because if only one of you, you know, you can't like go in 80% and expect them, you know, let them come in 20%, then it's not going to work. Someone's going to end up resenting the other. And also, like, it's New York, like, what we said earlier, like, everyone's, like, really trying to chase their dreams. And I think, at least for me, I don't know about you guys, for me, like, I do need someone, it doesn't have to be, a, I don't really want to be with a comedian. We've all seen what they are like, no. Amen. Um, but it's like, <laughs> but like, I do want someone who's, like, passionate about what they're doing, and they're going for it, because I'm doing the same thing. And it will just make our relationship easier and better. Like, Amna, would you date another like, model? model or male something? model? Maybe. I just like, I like ambition, you know? So for me, 
ambition and you can be easygoing with your life and have fun. Cause I feel like sometimes it's so easy to get like wrapped up in other stuff. Yeah. But also yeah. I only said male model because I don't know who you date, but I just had, I was just picturing Zoolander when you said <laughs> another model. So that was like thinking of male models and that whole like stereotype of male models. <laughs> male models are pretty cool actually. They're like really fun people and like pretty down to earth, but I don't know. I feel like I, I like don't want to box in a profession. It just ends up being like, who do I have chemistry with? And like you guys said, values you share and ambition. Yeah. Cause you're right about the ambition thing. So like, for example, if you guys are both working from home together and one of you's on your laptop or in the thing and go, Oh, poop. Like I had to, this thing came up and they might have gone through it because it's a similar process of like getting somewhere. So it becomes really supportive and it's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it is, yeah. Especially, I think, especially with this pandemic and like everyone's relationships have been put to the test, whether it's friendships, family, or relationships in general, like romantic. So it's like, you know, compromise is important. I've learned so much about myself this past year about like, like I would be so quick to be like, no. And now it's like, all right, like let's just see where this goes. If it doesn't work, it doesn't work. It's not the end of the world. Totally. Um, but I also really like, want to carry that into the summer when I slut it up. It'll be so fun. Be like, let's just see what works. <laughs> let's have fun. Yeah. While you're finding out what works, have a little bit of fun. And, you know, sometimes you have to figure out what doesn't work. And you might as well enjoy it. You know, dating can feel like daunting chores, like a daunting chore sometimes. But it doesn't have to be. Like, you have to remind yourself, like, anything in life can feel like a chore, depending on your mindset. But so, I get it. It can be a nightmare out there. <laughs> uh, how is it for you? Is it uh, how's it been during the pandemic? Like, are you doing any like online dating or anything like that? I, I met a couple guys through friends of friends during the beginning or like, I guess, last year. So that was interesting. And I think weirdly before the pandemic hit but like 2020 I was like yeah I kind of want to like be in a relationship now you know so let me start doing this but during the pandemic it's just harder because you feel like lonelier so I feel needier <laughs> which is yeah. not how I usually and when we're needier we lower our standards and so <laughs> we're just like okay yeah. whoever like I just need to be in a relationship so but yeah. you know that being said I think I learned so much about myself um, and what I like and what I don't like, because it would be like mini relationships throughout the um, COVID, I guess. And then, you know, I got on the apps for a little bit too. Never actually met up with anyone from those. Or I haven't either one yet. Or two, one or two. Yeah. This is the first time like back on the apps that I have been actually meeting up with people in the flesh. I'm like, oh, it's good to know. Like, it, you know, it's not just some bots out there that I'm at talking to. But I now request a FaceTime. I think that's important before yeah. you meet up. That I should do that. I was um I was telling a theater, I was supposed to meet up with some guy and it was like the first dude like from an app in a while. And then I just didn't feel like it. <laughs> but I also like I like I canceled um because we had like a, a packet due for like a writing thing which like every comedian was doing and I was like I should sit down and focus on this this is more important so I was like hey I'm so sorry and like the weather was bad it was like it was snowing. a blizzard yeah and I was like it's snowing I don't want to go to Bushwick plus I have this packet to do and he was like wow thanks for wasting my time oh. I got so mad yeah it was I know such I was like, a all right whoa like at least move. now I know that 
in the beginning. I was like, we haven't even met. So you you didn't talk this? on the phone or FaceTime? No. Oh, do the face. No. Trust me. Oh, we just texted. Do a and then it, was, it was like one of those things that we texted a little bit. And he was like, do you want to just get a drink? And I was like, yeah, that's easier. But then when I canceled and he acted like that, I was like, oh, wow. I would never like you would be so mad at me all the time. Like I prioritize way more than like you, like you would be kind of like, you'd be there, but like, if I got a show and I had to leave, like, I'm going to leave. I'm sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. That's you just need someone that's understanding. Yeah. Right off the bat. That's like just the way someone texts you back and yeah, it's like this is so rude and passive aggressive. And it's like just because his ego is bruised, like that's not a reason to lash out. Guys do that a lot. It's like we have to be careful how we reject them so that they don't lash out on us. Yeah. And that's not something that they ha- have to think about. Yeah. So, yeah. When yeah. I'm being nice, it's like I'm being nice. So in case you're a crazy person who can like end up stalking me, finding out where I live. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Or do some crazy shit. It's for my own safety that I'm being nice <laughs> if I'm letting you down. I mean, I'm also, I, I think I'm a nice person. I don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. But just in case also, you got to, even if they're a jerk is what I'm saying. You can't be like, yeah, you fuck be- you, you piece of shit. And like, I'm still the in the back of my head. And I'm like, what if they're like totally crazy? Like, I don't want to open up that that door. Unless you're in public and you do that, then they can't do anything. Yes. <laughs> That's true. Next time you want to. Yeah. OK, so Amama, you should just meet like try to meet up with him and then yell at him and then leave. <laughs> Honestly, I'm so lazy. <laughs> I'm just it's not even worth it. Yeah. I know. Like, Amna, have you had to like, has that happened to you with like men being like overly aggressive? If you're like, no, it's just like, I'm, yeah, I'm like, I said no. That doesn't mean try harder. That means no. <laughs> Like, there was one guy, I think from the apps and we were talking, he seemed really nice. But then I like, same thing. I canceled because it was either snowing. I just started taking an acting class. So I think I like had to cancel. Me too. <laughs> cool. Uh, yeah. But so I keep because of that. And he, he got so mad. He's like, you're wasting my time. I'm like, is this the same person? Cause <laughs> it's, it's, I was like, I don't know. He's like, now you just wasted both of our time. We were going to have such a nice time. Then he found my number on like WhatsApp and messaged me like two weeks later to be like, let's start this over again. I'm like, Ooh. oh, hell no. And my WhatsApp oh, no. is different than he didn't have my phone number. Uh, my WhatsApp number is different than my like Instagram phone number. So I was like, how did he find my number? This is so weird. That's creepy. Oh, that's so weird. Well, that happened. Kind of like I, I almost met. Oh, no, I didn't meet up with someone. I matched with someone and then they immediately sent me a Facebook request. And then they sent me a message that they uh, looked me up and found that I was a comedian and then found me on Facebook and like watched my clips. And I was like, unmatch. (laughs) (laughs) Don't like I think. You're right. Like, don't try harder, guys. It's so weird. Just like, it's If you secretly stalk, that's fine. In the beginning, we all look people up on Instagram, whatever. Just don't be creepy about it. Yeah. Yeah, I would never. There's one guy every month, which this month, so far, he's late. It's always (laughs) the second of the month. He's like your period. (laughs) 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 Imagine if he's like coronavirus and feel really bad. But every, like, we went out on one date. One date um, in August. And... I just like, like around that time, I was like, you know what? Like, I still just don't really want to date. And this was kind of boring and it's fine. Every month. And I told him, I was like, I'm just not in the place to date. Every single month, 
at the first or second of the month, he's like, hey, what's up? Hey, what's up? Since September. <laughs> so no joke, like every single month, I'll be like, oh, what are you up to? And my friend Dan, who you've met, mm-hmm. um, Dan will be like, no, he does that to every girl probably. I'm like, well, should we start a group message and like message him to Is stop? it like a different but girl every day of the week? And then he just like 30 days, oh, he's got a rotation of 30 girls. And then he gets back to you that day. And then- I wonder. Oh my God, maybe. Yeah, I maybe wonder how many found someone. How many people? Now I'm oh. jealous. <laughs> <laughs> now I want him. <laughs> yeah, yeah I wonder. no means no. Yeah, yeah, no means no. Um, no dating, dating right now. Don't do it. Summertime will be fun. That's what I. Yeah. That's my advice. Oh, I can't wait. So we, yeah, we. If you live near Two Saints, we gotta go. We gotta go to the park. We I should do just was- a no fly list hang with all of our guests what? that live in New York. Sorry, what were you saying? Yes, yes, yes. I moved to Park Slope, so I live on the other side. Of- oh, you do? I love Park Slope. I'm all, I'm all the way on the Upper East Side. I'm far from everyone, but everyone I know is in Brooklyn, so I'll come I'll come down. Everyone, I still, every Friday, I just go to Two Saints, and I'm like, all right, guys, who wants to go? And we just sit outside and get really drunk and fight. So, oh, Amna, fun. is there anything else that you, like, you were talking about, like, pursuing acting now? And I think that's, like, really cool because... What I wanted to ask is now that you've sort of broken the barrier with your parents with like modeling, do you feel like now it's like a fuck it? Like I'm moving to New York. Now I can do acting. Now I can like date whoever I want. Like, do you feel like it it broke through some of those expectations or do you still feel like you have some of them? I think for the most part, I do feel like they've I've like felt like I've broken through. But, you know, there's sometimes you still hear that voice in the back of the head like, don't do it. You're going to go to hell. Like, I don't know. But, um, but then, but part of me, like actually in the last couple of months, really, and that's when I started the classes was, I was just like, I'm so grateful and lucky to be free. You know, I should use that not only to better my own skills and, you know, do things that make me happy because when I'm happy, I, I like will make other people happy and allow them to get to their dreams. So then I kind of started thinking of it less from like a selfish way which I'm not saying you said, but in my mind, it was always like, oh, I'm so selfish. Like, what? How, how could I have done all this to, oh my God, no, I can actually use this to inspire. And I think one of the times this really made a difference was like a couple like Indian, like Muslim girls messaged me, DM me on Instagram. And they're like, oh my God, like I aspire to be like you. Like I'm an engineer and I want to do this too. And I like that you're so stylish and like look pretty. Cause a lot of my like friends don't actually care about that stuff that much, which is fine too. It's just like everyone's preferences right yeah but it was like cool like oh you know that that's so nice that is and you that show is. them that they don't have to just be this one type of person just because of our cultural upbringing and our religious upbringing I love that yeah whenever I've performed yeah. colleges and uh, like MSA groups have done a lot of Muslim <laughs> gigs it's so cute and they're just like oh I've thought about doing an open mic or whatever and I'm like yeah do it um, and then the other thing I was going to say is that it kind of does go back to, you know, what we were talking about where our parents did grow up in a place, you know, they did move up here, uh, up here to uh, the North Americas so that they did, could have security and a better life for their kids and everything. And now that, again, they've established that the next generation does have more freedom to do what they want. And like, if you just chase security when you are already secure, I feel like it just becomes this weird loop of like, why am I even doing this? And then you just are like, then you're like, kind of stuck. Yeah. Whereas growth and, you know, as human beings, we want to always be like evolving and like changing the world and everything. So that's like now our job, I almost feel like too. Yeah. And also like in terms of like 
like even like with this podcast, like the goal was like there are so many cool like brown and black people who are doing like all these like dope things. If we can just like elevate their voices while also just like building a network. Mm -hmm. And I think like in the same way of like you want to uplift voices and like people are reaching out to you, like the more that you do, like maybe if you like get, I don't know if you want like a TV or a movie gig or whatever it is, like more people that like outreach is now more global and I think, like, that's so important. And even, like, the the pilots that Athea and I have written have a focus on brown women. Mm-hmm. And it was really important for me to, like, write Pakistani, South Asian in mind to be, like, if this was ever a thing that, like, got produced on a show, it has to be a brown woman. Like, there's no substitution. We need the representation. For, like, yeah, and exactly. that's something that you're also offering is representation, whether you do yeah. acting or modeling. Because this, like western idea of beauty of being blonde blue eyes and whatever and this like basically nazi racist like idea really if you think about it and i grew up in alabama thinking we all i think if you grow up in a place where um yeah like you're brown and you're a a bunch surrounded by a bunch of cheerleaders and you're like oh is this what beauty is you sort of have this like warped idea because you don't see other people like you even on TV or in comedy. I didn't think I could do comedy. I'm like, who looks like me doing comedy? It wasn't until I moved to New York and literally went to the Arab American Comedy Festival in New York and was like, oh, I guess I can do this because other people look like me and they inspired me to do it. So that's really cool if we can sort of pay that forward. And it sounds like you're finding purpose in it, which is really the the main thing that keeps you going. And you won't go to hell. (laughs) Oh, and I want to add to this. I don't know if we talked about this on the podcast before, but I'll I'll mention. I know I sent it to um, a mama. I talk about Osho incessantly, but the he's a guru, wonderful like spiritual like uh, leader and cult leader too. But whatever, we won't talk about that part. But he has some great advice in his book that I'm reading now says the first thing you should do is get rid of your parents. And he means like get rid of their voices, cleanse yourself of your parents. And that's the only way the ego will die because our parents are, you know, they fucked up. Their grandparents, you know, our grandparents fucked up. We're going to fuck up. Everyone, no one gets the parents that they like deserve or whatever, or everyone has some sort of resentment, but you got to get rid of the voices and don't live by those voices. Then you can find out who you are. Yeah. It's easier said than done, but. Yeah, but it's really good advice. And I hope that, you know, like for us and then everyone else who's listening, they can really like internalize that and um, that. And follow what they want to do without feeling like they're doing something bad or selfish. Yeah. And yeah. And who knows, maybe our careers can all cross paths one day. Well, I already mean a mom, but you too. Like we can have some sort of overlap in either acting or comedy or something related. Um, well, that's like the cool thing where I feel like, honestly, like most of the people I've talked to in some way, I'm like, oh, if I ever like got to write my dream show or my, my, I'm working on a script about, it's like a ghost thing, but it's like a little, little movie that I'm doing. But I think it's like really cute and weird and funny. But it's like, if I could like get people that I know to be like in these roles, that would be so cool. That's like building up the entire community and like lifting everyone up with me. They will make me hire a lot of white people. So I just want 
Whatever. Yeah, for every like w- brown person, they make you hire five white like people. Like five white people. <laughs> five yeah. white guys. I already knew that. I was like, okay, I'll add some white people to the script. Um, uh, well, we have... Yeah, speaking of white white guys or white people, we have a last segment called Keeping Up with the Caucasians. So this is a game we play or a segment where we talk about things that white people do and whether we as people of color also do these things. So we have different categories that you get to choose from and and then we'll see how how white you are. <laughs> There's no right or wrong, or is there? Everyone's like, is this a trick game? Okay, so we have food slash beverage, pop culture, TV, activities, styler clothes, phrases or sayings, and miscellaneous. Styler clothes. Styler clothes. Okay. Yeah, well, since you're a model, let's see. Um, have you done the whole, like, Ugg boots with booty shorts look? No. <laughs> I haven't either. How do you feel yeah. about that? Yeah, look? how do you feel, do you about, feel about, about it? That? Yeah. Am I in winter? Am I in summer? Am exactly. I- Who knows? Exactly. Nobody knows. <laughs> Nobody knows. <laughs> well, I've done the the regular boots with like shorts. Yeah, that is that cute. that's normal. That's cute. But specifically like the Ugg boots, the furry Ugg boots with the like the booty shorts. No. Like that was something I would see in Alabama all the time. No, I don't think uh, I haven't seen that. Have you guys seen that in New York a lot? I feel like I haven't. No. no, I haven't really seen it in New York, but I feel like growing up like where we were or, or in the suburbs. Okay, so that's like a fashion don't. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> it's like a very white girl thing like going to starbucks and getting her you know whatever oh pumpkin spice this summer and see who who gets mad but you gotta do it at a point like it's like a certain like 68 degrees where you can like wear where it still makes sense that you're wearing the boots but also makes sense that you're wearing the shorts but they never do it at a temperature that makes any sense but i'm saying you can only do it between like 66 and 68 degrees like that's your (laughs) that's your window um so you've never done it amama Mm -mm. but you you've done the boot the boots are normal i don't even think i've done like the high boots with the shorts maybe oh i've done that yeah I've done high boots and dresses. That's yeah. what I really like. Or mini skirts. That's a yes. Yeah. I like it with skirts. I don't, I can't wear skirts because I chafe a lot and I don't know. I know I could like wear something underneath, but like obviously I do. <laughs> wear underwear, but I just feel like skirts I've never really well, you just said into. dresses. What's the difference? Do you wear something Oh my with God, dresses? that's so true. I do. I should just wear those under the <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. Wow, that was like years and years of being like I could never wear skirts. I just opened up your world to new to a whole new wardrobe. <laughs> I'm so excited now. Uh, well, I'm not. You've been a great. Wait, say that again. Maybe if I see you at the two sames, you'll be rocking the skirt with the the Ooh, with Ugg boots. I really <laughs> need to make a trip now, and I need you, Mama, text all of our awesome guests that live around you, and just go to Two Saints now as soon as it warms up. Yeah, yeah. Or if you just want to drink a lot, that's how <laughs> I stay warm. <laughs> that too. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, Amna, you've been so awesome to talk to. Um, where can our listeners uh, find you on social media? Find me. I'm on Instagram. It is at it's Amna Rana. 
I don't know. Hell yeah. Yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. That's awesome. Thank you so much. You're so much fun. And I can't wait to meet you in person. And guys, please follow us at NoFlyListPod and follow me at EtheriaCoop. And you can follow me at Amama Sardar. Thank you. Thanks. Follow your dreams, guys.